This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women, for women. Hey, I'm Amanda German, host of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Join me every week to have an open and honest conversation about what motherhood is actually like. Let's ditch the perfect mom persona and let moms everywhere know that they're not alone. Listen each week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Imperfect Creatrix Podcast. This is a space that was created to share stories and to have meaningful conversations as it relates to imperfectly creating change in our lives. I am your host, Christy Simons, and I am so grateful that you are back to listen to another episode. I created this podcast to help teach you everything that I have learned and continue to learn how to be brave, how to trust yourself, and how to take action. Action on the things that you want to call into your life to feel more fulfilled, more aligned, and more connected to everything that your soul truly desires. I am so, so grateful that you are here. Body Bliss is an uncensored, vulnerable, and honest recounting of body image stories. In book two, nine more women, including myself, share their journey to body acceptance in a world in which it is nearly impossible to turn down the body noise, no matter your culture, family dynamic, upbringing, or experiences. We all hear the noise, but the more we talk about it, our shared voices will begin to drown it out and welcome in Body Bliss. So our book is finally available for purchase. They will be ready for delivery to you at the end of the month of June. So if you want to secure your hard copy, please see the details and the link that can be found in the show notes to purchase a copy of this amazing book that I just know is going to inspire so many and change the world. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have another woman coming on to share a little bit about her journey. And I think these conversations, well, I feel like actually this theme ties into most of the conversations that I have on the podcast with, you know, all of the women that have been here to share their stories with me. And I believe that this part of doing what I do is my favorite part because I love hearing about the growth that other women have experienced in their lives once they started to imperfectly create change. So with that being said, I actually wrote a little something today just as I was about to come on and record this podcast. I have a few minutes before my guest shows up. And so I kind of wanted to start with this and then lead into our conversation, not knowing what she's going to say. So I'm really, really looking forward to hearing from her and more about her story. So recently I planted a garden just the other day, actually, my son helped me and it is nothing crazy because I have never gardened before. This is something completely new to me. So I have zero clue as I posted on my social media whether or not this is something that's going to actually succeed, whether I will be able to see these plants grow to their fullest potential. And so I wrote, I love watching my garden grow. It was the best investment I ever made. 
Maybe it's because I don't quite know yet what the outcome will be. Kind of like myself. There is so much beauty in the unknown. There is opportunity for growth. And slowly I will get to witness the transformation each and every day. Each and every day as these tiny plants grow, I will feel proud of what planting one tiny seed is capable of becoming. I sit here writing this realizing it is the same for each of us. Growth takes time, but with the right care and attention on our current needs, we are then able to step back and see how each accomplishment is evolving into our truest and most natural form. So with that, I am so excited to introduce you to my guest today. Her name is Pamela, and I cannot wait for her to share a little bit about her growth and her journey with all of you. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Another beautiful Wednesday for a meaningful conversation with a guest that I am so excited for you all to meet. Her name is Pamela Brett, and um, I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself, about her journey. And I guess you could also just mention how our paths crossed as well. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for inviting me on your podcast. Um, Yeah, so a little bit about me, gosh. So I think I'll just tap into like my sort of professional journey. I mean, I'm a mom. I have two kids, teenagers. Um, I am a math teacher. I was a teacher. I've been a teacher for over two decades, um, but I'm not in the classroom anymore. I started my journey teaching school, teaching, I was actually the advanced math teacher, and I won't tell you the whole story, but this is it, it actually like ties into my personal journey. Um, so I started off as a math teacher in a parochial school, in a Catholic school, and I was the advanced math teacher, meaning that I was the teacher who like all the parents wanted their kids to have me, not because it was me, but because that meant their kids were super smart. And I quickly came to realize that those kids who were being sent to me, like they were being being identified for not because they were necessarily advanced, but because they were compliant, they could sit still, they could, you know, so I kind of blew that up. And what I started to do, especially with the younger kids is instead of like, I would go to the classroom and get my advanced kids, like pluck them out. Like that was a system that they taught me, that the school wanted me to do. And I never liked that because I always felt like I was pulling out like, you know, the smarties and then leaving all the other riffraff behind. So what I started doing is I started mixing it up and saying, you know, this week I'm going to take these eight kids and this week I'm going to take these eight kids. And the kids were like, wait, what? I thought I was advanced. And the other kids are like, I'm advanced today. And I'm like, it's not about like, it's not about like how smart you are forever. It's like everybody has their own gifts each day. Um, But the other thing I'm going to say about that experience is I was so young, you know, I was like fresh out of school. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go and I'm going to teach math to these quote advanced smarties, whatever. And I, I had one moment that happened where I gave the kids a word problem, like a bunch of word problems, but I gave them like, I was like, let's do page whatever in the book. And I didn't know any better at the time. So we went in, opened the book, kids start reading the word problems. And I start to see the tears and they're like actually crying. And I'm like, wait a minute, why are we crying? This is word problems. Like it's not, it's not the end of the world. And what I started, came to realize at that moment is that like the way we feel about ourselves as mathematical learners completely impacts how we go about learning math. So now come full circle, I've taught many years in other schools. Um, 
So now I'm working with teachers to help teachers tap into their own math identity and what it feels like, like math identity is like how you, it's like any identity, right? How you feel about whatever it is you're doing, but there's something called the math teacher identity. And so I'm connecting that to like, we're asking teachers to do all these really hard things right now, catch kids up from the pandemic, um, deal with social media, deal with, now we have artificial intelligence coming into the mix and we have all of these things. And so just in the last month or so, I've been tapping into this, like, who do you need to be as a math teacher in order to teach in this, in the world that we're living in right now? Um, so that's, that's where I am right now. I have a, I have a nonprofit and I work with these teachers in this nonprofit and um, kind of like mentoring them through this whole process. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Okay, so we know each other from our community and I know, you know, bits and pieces of your story, but I did not know all of that about you. I knew that you were in like the field of education, but I didn't realize that that was your background and that was your story. And as you were saying all of that, so again, I recognize now that there are definitely like stories that I tell myself and limiting beliefs that I have about myself, but I definitely fall into the category, and I'm using air quotes of, I've never felt like I was good at math. Um, so much so, and I feel like that that message was delivered to me back, um, especially in high school. And it's not like a teacher ever flat out said to me, like, you're terrible at math. But I just got that sense. And I, you know, I that was my foundation. I just I built on that. I don't know when that ever came to be. But I know that I just never felt confident in my abilities in math. And even now today as a grade school teacher, admittedly, like I I find it challenging because I still have that story. I mean, we have our books and we have everything that we can go off of to help teach our students, but I feel like me not feeling confident because of past stories that I'm still holding on to, it doesn't help me to deliver the material probably as well as I could or should, right? Um, so yeah, had no idea that this is the direction this conversation was right? gonna go in. So, so happy that you that you brought that up. So yeah, that was really eye-opening to me and definitely something that I'm going to have to look into a little bit more. But I mean, I've also spoke yeah. about on the podcast that I'm actually going back just part-time to teaching and I'm going to be teaching like the littles for a little while. Yeah. And that truly makes me happier because again, I just don't feel like teaching at the, um, at the older levels is something that uh, was really meant for me anymore. I feel like I'm trying to like discover new passions elsewhere but that is really cool. And that is really powerful work that you are doing. Um, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Just curious. I, you... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no. Uh, I was just going to say what this is. The, these are the stories we hear from teachers all the time. So now when I start working with teachers, instead of saying, you know, okay, today we're going to learn about fractions or today we're going to learn about word problems or whatever. I, we start with what's your math autobiography. And I didn't make that up. That's there's a whole body of literature about math autobiography, but what, I am tapping into is like, okay, what is your math autobiography? And what are the implications for that? Like you, what you just said, what are the implications for that in how you show up as a teacher and then how your students then like under, ha, see themselves as math learners? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. And kind of like we talk about, you know, just in our community too, with like, you know, those generational patterns, mm -hmm. I feel like not only can that like present itself in families, like it can also present itself at school, right? Because school is like a family and it's a community. And I feel like if, you know, myself as one teacher, like I've always thought that way too, 
like how is my understanding of how I learned things in school then being, you know, replicated and, you know, passed down to my students. And I know that they'll have so many different teachers and so many different experiences and we're all just doing our best, but it is definitely something that makes you feel less than or can make you feel less mm -hmm. than too when you're teaching. So yeah, totally. Wow. What a light bulb moment for me. And we're only a couple minutes in. <laughs> So I'm just curious because you did say that you um, obviously aren't in like the actual like school setting anymore. So just kind of wondering, you know, if you could explain about like any changes that you have created in your life that have kind of, you know, changed the trajectory for you, led you on a different path, like anything you want to talk about, because the title of the podcast is Imperfect Creatrix. So imperfectly creating change to kind of, you know, live life on your terms. So curious mm. what your thoughts are about that. I can see this going into this answer going in two directions. So I'll answer your first your question first, like how I've changed personally. I mean, I have a, I have a I have a boxing coach and she calls me Pam 2.0 because she's like this is a different Pam. Um, I have changed a lot. Like, um, okay, so with I'm going to use boxing as an example. So I was going to these boxing classes and what would happen is you know it was kind of like you know your standard fitness class where everybody's a, in their spots and you doing your thing but the teacher would come around and she holds pads and so then she would throw out call out punches and we were supposed to do every time she came to me I'd be like frozen even though right before she came to me I was like sure I know exactly what I'm doing but then when she would come to me I'd be like I don't know what I'm doing so I decided to sign up for some private sessions with her I actually asked her and I was her first private client she didn't have she had she was just starting her business so I became her first private client and it was never about, it actually switched, shifted from, it was never about the exercise. It was always about like, okay, I was, how do I want to say this? Cause it's not about being perfect. Like I didn't sign up for her, to her, for a private thing because I wanted her to teach me how to do it perfectly. It was more like I needed to learn how to be present when she came to me and not be like, is she judging me this way? Is she looking at me? Cause that's where, all, that's where the, the, the freeze was coming from. It was like, well, what if I don't do it right? What if, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter if I punch her in the face or whatever. Well, it does much matter if I punch her in the face, but um, yeah. So then I started going to her and we started talking about, it's not about the exercise, right. It's about like, if you want to go to the next level, you've got to like, shift your energy and so it was all about energy shifting and just I don't know I'm sort of like going off on a tangent here but um I think when we talk about I want to go back to the math for a second but yeah when we talk about like the stories that we tell ourselves about our experience with math like we're a teacher I'm a, te you know, a teacher go in okay and I'm like, let's pretend I'm a second grade teacher. I'm a second grade teacher teaching grades, you know, the, uh, ages, I guess, seven and eight-ish kids. But in my mind, I'm like, ooh, I was never really a good math student. What does good math student mean, right? So we all grew up thinking it was to get the right answer, to get the answer the teacher had, to get the answer, right? And so I think about this, it's a huge, it's a great parallel for, for like professional, for personal development in personal development, it's not about like, I'm never going to look like that boxing teacher, right? She's a foot taller than me. And she's like, you know, she's got a different bo body than me. So I'm not trying to be like her, but what can I do with my own body in the meantime 
to make me feel better about me. So then I look at the kids in class and the teachers and I'm like, it's not about being perfect all the time. It's about engaging your students and yourself as a creator in their mathematical thinking. So I feel like I've become a creator in my own, like, I don't know, fitness, personal growth situation. And that's very parallel to like what should happen in every classroom, no matter what the subject matter is. But the generational trauma that we all carry about math is like, well, if I don't have the right answer, then I'm not good enough. Or if I don't get it fast enough, then I'm not good enough, right? Like those kids who always got like the mad minute done in 60 seconds and they get a gold star. And the kid who had half of it done didn't get a gold star. And I'm like, but that kid still did the amount that he could do. And that's okay. So. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that you brought all, first of all, everything that you said there was so powerful. And I love how you brought up just being like the creator, right? Mm -hmm. That is something huge. That has been a huge shift. And again, title of the podcast, Imperfect Creatrix. I finally wanted to just be the creator of my own life. And it's not like anybody was trying to run the show. It's just, I was allowing my thoughts about what other people thought I should be, should be doing all the shoulds and stuff like that. Like they, they, that was running everything for me. And it wasn't until I finally stepped like center stage basically, and finally like took action on the things that I wanted that like, that's when I started Mm -hmm. to create change in my life. But I'm also really happy that you brought up that part about teaching and just the way that certain things are done, I've also always been very skeptical about using my voice um, because I have a fear of, you know, pleasing people and being seen as different is always something that has scared me. But if I'm being completely honest, and I have been a lot lately, um, that's one of the things in teaching that has really started to draw me away from it. Is just the way that we're supposed to do certain things and they just don't resonate with me anymore. Like I don't see every student as needing to fit into this one box or do the things all in the same way. They're all meant to grow and to learn at a different pace. But also as teachers, I just don't feel like we are equipped to be differentiating as much as they think that we're capable of. It It's truly, it really is challenging. And then you start to feel like you're failing as a teacher because you're not able to, you know, bring all your students to where they need to be because their needs are just also different. And again, this is probably a tangent that I'm going off on <clears throat> right now, but yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Each person is different. We cannot expect for their growth to be the same and to look Mm -hmm. the same. So I feel like that's really important that you brought that up. And I I don't know what we do about it necessarily, but I believe, I truly believe that the work you're doing is, yeah, just even for math is such a great place to start and such a, like a powerful message to be shared. So. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think it's about trust. Like when you're saying about the teachers, because I worked with so many teachers in the past, I don't know, five or six years. And they're like, I would have teachers say, well, tell me what you want me to do. Like, t- like I've got a doctorate in math education, right? Oh, tell Dr. Brett, tell me, tell me what you think I should do. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to tell them what to, to, or how, how it should be done or what the research says or, you know, what I've learned over my many years of being in classrooms and watching students and, and, and teachers doing math. But I'm also like, but you have a say in it too. Right. So in this company that I founded, we, we talk about teachers as co-creators. 
Like that is not being talked about enough. Teachers are, because every time, as I started to get a little more brave in my career and I would come into classrooms because teachers would want me to just come in and just, just come and you teach the class and I'll just sit and watch. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work that way because it would be the same thing as in our community. If, you know, if our community leader said, here, I'm just going to show you and you just sit and watch, like then you don't grow. Right. So then I started sitting, I would like literally sit on the floor with the students and the teacher, like on the carpet, be like, we're going to co-create this together. And what I was finding is like, I was a middle school teacher eventually, like after the the advanced math thing, I became a middle school teacher. So if I'm in a kindergarten or a first grade classroom, I defer to the teacher always about the the developmental appropriateness of whatever we're doing. Um, And always it became a co-creation. And I'm like, so I'm learning from you just as much as you are learning from me. Like I might be coming into your classroom to coach you or to be the quote unquote expert in the room, but we're both experts in the room. And I think that's a piece that's missing from like the whole like learning math. Like every kid who walks in the room, every kid is born as a mathematician, but in school, we beat it out of them. That's the tagline that I would like to like, we beat it out of them. Cause we're like, no, you have to get it this way. You have to do it this way. And then kids are like, okay, I'll just be a robot and follow. And then in, to a certain degree, teachers are falling into that same, like in step with that, right? Like, well, what do I have to do? Tell me the magic bullet. I'm like, there is no magic bullet. There isn't. Yeah. We literally do too. We get like profiles passed, passed down to us year to year. And it will little, literally tell you, I mean, obviously all of the good qualities that a student has, but it's also like all of the red flags, like look out for this, look out for this, like this one's not good at that, this one's not good at this. And it's just like, I feel like it's more so, um, there's just so much emphasis put on the negative, like the things that you need to change about them rather than just celebrating what they, you know, what their accomplishments are and, you know, what their needs are. Sure. I mean, obviously, because you want them to do their best, but again, I just feel like it's everybody at their own pace. Right. And you also don't want, like you said, to beat the passion out of them and to truly just take away their love for school. I hear that so much, so much more than I ever used to. And I feel like, you know, maybe there's just a lot of people too who aren't talking about it. If people don't hear that, then maybe they're just not listening. But I do, I hear so many parents tell me that their their child or their children, just they don't have a love for school anymore. The only reason they wanna go is just to be social and to be with their friends. But the actual like learning aspect of it is not something that they, yeah, they're just so detached from it because they just don't feel like they're good enough. And that yeah. hurts me because I know what that feels like to not feel like you're good enough. And I can't believe that it's starting like as young as that, right? Yeah, like second grade is when kids start to develop their math identity. And that's right around when they start teaching them to line the, line the numbers up and add a certain way or subtract a certain way. It's not a mm-hmm. coincidence. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we obviously know now the work, the lessons and the experience that you are passionate about sharing with the world. Um, so just curious, if you could speak to your younger self, what would she need to hear? <laughs> you don't have to give like a specific age, but kind of knowing what you know now, the work that you do in this world. Yeah. What would you tell your younger self if you could go back? Um, I would tell my younger self to be brave and that brave does not mean you always have to be right. And, and, and also brave does not mean that you have to please other people. One of the books that I've read a while ago called, it's called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. I have to Mm -hmm. go back and read it because I feel like she talks about that. Like just 
you know, or even like in the beginning of um, the book by Glennon Doyle. And she talks about this. Do you know that one with the bunny, the pink bunny? Oh, I don't know what kind of animal it is, but she went to the zoo and there was an animal and the animal is like on the back of a trip. Sorry, stuffed animal. Animals on the back of this like this little golf cart or something. And they're trying to make the, whether it was a cheetah, it might've been a cheetah. So the cheetah is like chasing the pink bunny. And like, if it chases the pink bunny, then it gets like a steak or something. Like they're, you know, trying to get, and, and she went to the zoo and she saw that and she was like, ah, that's what we're doing to ourselves, right? We're teaching ourselves to chase the pink bunny. And I'm like, I don't want to be, I want to be the cheetah out in the wild. I don't want to be the cheetah chasing this fake bunny so that I get a steak from some other human who's, or some human who's giving it to me. And that's, yeah. So I would tell her to be brave that you don't need people please and in order to like have value yeah just see the beauty in your differences too right and you're only the only way you're able to explore that is if you just step out of the comfort zone that we've all kind of been like boxed into either just on our own terms or by other people right like you really just need to yeah follow what your heart is trying to lead you towards Wow, this was such a powerful conversation. I'm so glad that we had this conversation today. And it was really different too. Like we, I haven't had a conversation like this. I mean, we've talked a ton about growth with other um, guests that I've had on, but this one was really, really different. And I'm, I'm really, really glad that we had this conversation. So before we part ways, I just want to know if there's any last advice or lesson that you can leave with the listeners you know, there's, I know that I have teachers out there that listen to this podcast, um, but teachers, parents, you know, just mm -hmm. in general, I, mean, I feel like this message, the messages that you have to share are for, for everybody. Okay. I think my biggest message would be to always engage yourself, not just in like learning, learning and teaching math, but as a creator, like you're a creator, right? You're not, you're never done. And mm -hmm. That's, and as a creator, you have to be prepared to embrace the fact that sometimes mistakes are going to happen and those mistakes will help you learn and grow, even if you don't know the mistake that's happening. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast topic about neuroscience and how the brain works. But anyway, yeah, just you're a creator. And so my last like little tidbit is like, instead of asking your kid, what's the answer to three times three times eight, right? Instead of saying, what is the answer to three times eight? Ask them, what are all the numbers I could multiply to get 24? Or what are all the different ways I could make 24 with any, you know, addition, subtraction, multiplication? And I'm just using 24 as an example because it's written on my paper, but it doesn't matter about 24. It could be 78 or 92 or whatever. Kids, when you ask them that question, they become such creators and they get so proud of themselves. They're like, look at all the things that I could do. So start there. That's what I would do. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. I love that. And I will not forget that for when my son and my daughter are finally like at that learning age where they can. This conversation is something that I will have stored now in my subconscious. And I'm so freaking happy about it because yeah, I want my children to feel differently about just their education and their learning and just know that, yeah, there's always room to grow. And that's what it's always. all about, right? Always. Um, so just one last thing too. Can you let the listeners know, you know, if they're looking for support, if they want to learn more, if they have any questions, where they can find you. Okay, great. So they can find me at my podcast um, by listening to my podcast. It is Blue Glasses Math. 
like like the color blue glasses math and the reason why it's because it's about the lenses which we see ourselves as mathematical learners and teachers and that's just just google blue glasses math and you'll find me there awesome Pamela, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This this conversation, I shouldn't, I can't say it was one of my favorite because I don't want my other guests to think. <laughs> it truly is. It was such a great conversation. It was it was powerful for me. Like I'm inspired. I learned a ton, and I'm so so happy, so grateful for you. Thank you. Well, thank you for thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for showing up today and for taking the time to listen to another episode. If any part of this episode resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you would share it with somebody else who may need to hear it too. Please don't forget that we are all capable of imperfectly creating change in our lives. If you are looking for support or somebody to guide you along your journey, All of the information on how you can work with me can be found in the show notes. As always, don't forget to be brave, to trust yourself, and when you're ready, take action.